How y'all doing? Once again, it's that time again to get real with Ronald E. Smith. And my guest today, I say she's a film critic, but if I tell you what she's done and the things that she's been up to, you'd be looking like where in the world does she ever find the time to breathe? She's a member of the Hollywood Critics Association, Latino Entertainment Journalist Association, Online Association of Female Critics Association, and an assistant editor of the In Their Own League website. And oh yeah, I don't know if I brought this up. She's a co-founder of the Latin, Latinx Lens podcast. All that, you'd be like, what in the world? Does she have a time to sleep? I'll allow her to tell you. My guest, Rosa Para. How are you doing? Oh my God, what an intro. Thank you so much. Um, doing very good. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so that's so great, great to hear, you know, and as everyone knows on Getting Real, our whole thing is we love to sit down with hardworking individuals, sit down, get to know them better, and, see, and just let them speak about the journey they've been on and where they hope to be in the future. And today, today of all days is Rose's day. So let's enjoy this and have fun with this. As I said before, you have gone so much as just as a film critic, but you're more than that. You know, everyone's journey starts somewhere else. So let's just begin at the beginning before you were what you are now. How, who was Rosa growing up? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, Rosa, she, she's a little brown girl <laughs> from East LA. Uh, she's a Chicana. And, um, yeah, she's always been an athlete. She's been a fan of sports. And growing up in an environment like East L.A., uh, my mother made sure I, I stayed busy. And I, I was actively busy on ex um, in extracurricular activities uh, because the neighborhood wasn't the best. And th that's when I got into a lot of sports. I I'm a big soccer fan. I wanted to play professional soccer. <laughs> oh, really now? Oh, yes. What, oh, what's the team? God, what, what's it. the teams you followed? Um, well, at the moment, <laughs> I don't follow it as much, but I am a huge fan of the World Cup. Um, okay. So the, the Cups before, like, um, to qualify for, for the World Cup, I'm always into that, like the Gold Cup and then the, uh, the, um, the Copa America from, from South America. And, and yeah, so, yeah, I'm very into World Cup. Uh, growing up, I was really uh, into soccer for La Liga Mexicana, which is the Mexican League soccer. And, and now I don't follow it as much <laughs> as I used to. But I love it. I love soccer. And, and I grew up um, just playing it. I, and eventually I will grow up and, and my interests <laughs> will go elsewhere. And I became interested in, in the medical field. I wanted to grow up and be a nurse, uh, be a registered nurse. So, um, of course, being, being someone who comes from the barrio, so the neighborhood, um, my education level wasn't the best. I, I, did, I had to go to community college, build up my, my, my courses and, and do um, get my associates. And then hopefully then 
I'd be able to, to go to university and get my bachelor's. Um, I just wanted just to, just to go back on, you wanted to become a nurse, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just want to know, like, from that, like, where did that even, that idea come from? Like, when did that, when did you ever say to yourself, like, yeah, this is something I can see myself doing? Yeah, um, I'm, well, first of all, I'm the only child. So for my entire life, it was just me and my mother. And she was a very sickly woman. So I wanted to have the quality. I wanted to have the expertise and the knowledge to take care of her. Did that idea come to you in high school, junior high, middle school? Uh, it was probably during high school. Yeah. While I was playing um, sports and staying busy, um, my mother, she had epilepsy and she uh, also, she was diabetic. She had high blood pressure and, um, yeah, she, she had a lot of uh, diseases. So I decided I wanted to, if I was going to provide for her and, and care for her, I wanted to be qualified to do it. So that's when I decided I wanted to become a nurse. <laughs> now, did, now yeah. during that whole time when you were, you know, you yeah. fully decided for yourself, I wanted to, to do this. Mm-hmm. And you just said that you had to build that, you know, you build your credit up to go from, you know, to go to community college. So yeah. like how was college for you, for yourself, trying to get through those early times just to, to get to where you want? Yeah, um, it was difficult. It, it was difficult uh, in many ways because, well, um, I am, <laughs> I'm going to add more to the resume. I'm a, I'm a mother of four kids. I have four daughters. And my oldest daughter, I had her when I was 16. So I had her in high school. Um, so it was very difficult. When I say it was difficult. It, it was very difficult to do to go to college, and it was even difficult to obtain my my high school diploma because I dropped out on on my senior year. I dropped out of the first uh, half of the year because of my morning sickness and and everything that was going on. Um, and I was I was a bright little girl. I was taking all these AP courses, all these honors courses, and I they're very strict when it comes to attendance. So I couldn't miss any days. So what happened? I get pregnant in high school and I just drop out. And then um, I don't exactly recollect how it happened. But um, my mother was the one that told me that there was a special program for, for pregnant teenagers where I can go and complete my high school, uh, my year, and then get my diploma. So I ended up going, going back to school with a big belly and <laughs> trying to um, go around <laughs> um, campus and, and just waddling my way everywhere. But it wasn't... Uh, an interesting experience because um, for a moment I thought I wasn't going to graduate. I did have to go to summer school because I was missing some of those credits that I missed at the beginning of that year. But yeah, I got my high school diploma. And then from there I wanted to um, go to a community college and um, just become a nurse. Um, But one day I received a pamphlet from um, the community college I was attending and it stated that there was a new program that they were going to be doing. It was the histologic um, technician program. It was a two-year program. Histologic, yeah. And it's a two-year program. It's an associate's degree, associate's in science. And it was pretty much a 
a branch of, of a lab technician. But in this case, we work in anatomic pathology where we handle patient's tissue. So when, when a patient goes into um, the doctors or they go to, to the hospital and get a biopsy done, um, the tissue, that biopsy comes to me. So what I do with the tissue, I preserve it, I process it, I cut it and I put it in slides so doctors can see them under the microscope and make a diagnosis. And Jeez Louise. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. oh my so... goodness gracious. <laughs> That's a lot. Wow. And yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, come on, like you have to you have to pat yourself on the back through what you wanted to do and what you got because I'm just 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 hearing that because you know how life sometimes throws us throws us curveballs, and mm-hmm. we gotta run. You know, we have to run with what they what it gives us. But right, you you accomplish something that a mm-hmm. lot of people. I mean, when someone gets pregnant at such an early age, and then you drop out, you drop out your senior year. A lot of people get scared, and like you said, how you had the the confidence and the belief that you can do this. You know, that's really really remarkable. Yeah. Yeah, um, thank you. Yeah, it wasn't easy, especially at that age. And you, you're you still with that mindset of what are other people going to say about me? What are they going to think? And especially when you're on campus with, with a big belly. And I mean, did anyone try about, to give you a hard time? No, no, good, no. Good. Um, no, yeah, they, they weren't that bad. <laughs> but yeah, you, you do think behind your head. You're like, oh, they're probably talking about me or they're judging me. They think I'm this or they think I'm easy or whatever. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. It wasn't. Um, but here we are. <laughs> it, it's doable. It, it's very much possible. And now we're here. <laughs> Were there any days at the time, did you ever thought about quitting? Oh, many times. Many, many, many times. Um, Because there's so many factors. But of course, at the time, you don't, I didn't have the knowledge. I don't, I didn't have, uh, I wasn't aware of, of what was going on. But a pregnant teenager and I'm a Mexican-American or or Chicana and to top it off I'm a woman and it's not easy it's not easy for women of color to be successful or to become educated because and unfortunately not unfortunately because at the end of the day I I am learning and and as a matter of fact, I'm still doing school at the moment. Um, I'm just trying to work on a few degrees online. and Never stopping. I love that. No, never. No, never, never. You never, never stop learning. <laughs> and, and, and that's my motto. I have always, there's always room to learn. And whatever it is, we, we will never be, um, I don't think there's such thing as knowing everything and just, being at that stage, there's always something you're going to learn, regardless, whether it's society or, or politics or, or art or whatever it is, there, there's always room for knowledge. Um, <laughs> but yeah, at the time, I didn't really, it didn't dawn on me until now that I'm, I'm attempting to become a credible film critic. And I realize how, how difficult it is for women of color to, to get 
to these credible outlets or to even be given the opportunity to apply to these places. Um, but at the time, I didn't realize it. And of course, it, it, it has a lot to do with um, systemic racism and, and everything that's been pretty much planned out. Uh, we, it's no coincidence that a lot of these barrios or a lot of these uh, smaller neighborhoods, poor neighborhoods and, and are low in education and testing and all that they're full of minority groups there there is a reason for that <laughs> and I didn't realize none of that until just recently and I feel ashamed for not for being so ignorant for so long but at the same time I'm glad that I'm learning a lot about why it was so tough to get where I'm trying to go and yeah it's mind-boggling <laughs> Why do you think so many people have this, I say a stigma or just a, yes. an idea? Yeah, see, there you go. On on just people who come from, I say from like the, the rural parts of so many places and they just think just because you're born in let's just, you know, East LA or, you, or you're born in the Bronx and you're trying to do mm -hmm. a certain career and they, but they think that, you know, you can't do this. Like, you know, do you know who you are? Yeah. Um, I've been learning a little bit about all of this and a lot has to do with film <laughs> a lot As has to do always. with television a lot has to do with the media uh, the media has so much influence and and they certainly know how to mold our brains and how to ingrain those stereotypes into our heads to the point where people already have a notion of who we are and what we're capable of just because of the color of our skin or because of our where we're from just like you said if it's unfortunately it's not rare when i tell people yeah i'm a chicana from east la and the first thing that comes out of their mouth is oh are you a gang member yeah or, I, I thought so yeah or oh hey well simone or orale or just talking and, and what they normally see portrayed in films or television or even the media so yeah a, a lot has to do with 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 uh, the media and the film and television as well as books history textbooks um that unfortunately have erased a lot of minority uh history and they purposely do that um and this is just me speaking perhaps a bit uh, more radically, but. You're not wrong though. Like there are a lot of, the, 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 you're not, everything you're saying is the truth. Cause there's a, oh man, like there's so much things, even like just, just this year alone, there's so many things that I learned yes. about black culture that I never learned in high school. I never learned and heard about in college. And then when you hear about it, you think, man, they never even talked about this. Like, you, no. only, you only talk about things that you want to say to us. And it's exactly. and that's scary, you know, for a Chicana and as an African-American, you know, there's so much systemic racism and just yes. things that you, you, you know, people, even young kids should learn about, even if it's difficult, because sometimes the hardest things to talk about are the best things to talk about. Yes. And yeah, it's no coincidence. It's no coincidence that in high school, we don't know any of this. Why? I mean, this is just me perhaps throwing conspiracy theories out there. But first of all, we're minorities. 
Um, and true. second of all, high school is the perfect age to, with all the respect, to brainwash you and perhaps the perfect age to recruit you. You would probably think twice to recruit to any military branch if you knew your real history, if you knew what the country has done historically to marginalized groups. Me personally, I've been very vocal about this and I have no shame, but I don't mind my daughters doing whatever they wish with their lives. Um, I'm not going to choose what career they go to. The only thing I am really, really, really opposed to is them getting into the military. Um, and I know I may be making a very uh, controversial statement. but That's not controversial at all. Not even close. My mother said the same exact thing and I agree with her. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> um, because to get into the military and fight for a country that gives zero shits about you is not the right path, in my opinion, um, they're not the right way to go. So I think there's a lot of contributing factors as to why we don't learn any of this in, um, in high school. And I might early, I'm 33 years old, I don't mind saying my, uh, my 30 years of age, I have to take a Chicano Chicano studies course to learn about my own damn history because high school never taught me any of this. I, I just learned recently about the Sutsu riots that happened back in the 40s and that happened probably 15 miles where I'm, where I'm currently sitting. And I was never taught any of this for a reason. So yeah, it's unfortunate that I have to get a higher degree to learn about my own history because it's and all of that of course it, it intertwines with with film and everything i've been trying to learn and everything i've been advocating for and but you see like even with all that and i keep bringing this yeah. back you know and it have everything too of what people would think about you and everything that mm -hmm. you're learning for yourself to be better you will again keep showing even to your daughters you keep showing them that nothing's impossible you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't yeah. matter what people will try to throw at you or what the system may try to stop you. Yes. You, do, you still can do, you can accomplish anything you want, more than one thing. And it's clearly how you've done. Right now, I'm talking with Rosa Para, AKA Rosa Reviews. And just to continue with what I just said, because you kept bringing it up and I wanted to save it for a little bit. So, but I think it's a perfect time to, to let's just dive on in on it. Your <laughs> love for film. All right. Yeah. It's like, again, you're from East LA, born, born and raised, and mm -hmm. you love some good film, you know? So where, now where did all that come from? It, it's funny <laughs> because um, in a sense that, this this is something new to me. It, it's something that started no more than four or five years ago. I'm relatively new, in, in the in the film um, critics or reviewer circle. So you call yourself and a critic. You you, fish, you you fully call yourself a critic. <laughs> I I say I'm a film <laughs> reviewer <laughs> because I don't think I'm I'm actually that's one of the degrees I'm working on. I'm working on film and media studies. Um, I I think it's gonna be a little bit before I I, I say I'm a critic. Um, 
just because I don't think I have the the foundation built yet. Uh, I mean, I don't come on, you got all knowledge. these associations right here. I mean, come on, what else? <laughs> what else can I call you? I'm gonna call you a critic, even if you don't want me to. I'll, I'll call you that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think there's still that that little uh, that little doubt in in me because. There's several factors when when it comes to film. Film, I just started watching films like regularly and <laughs> religiously, um, just recently, like four or five years ago. So I was I was always listening when I go to work because I uh, my primary job is uh, electromicroscopy. I, that's what I do. I, I'm a scientist full time and the criticism the film scientist (laughs) that's awesome and i i do criticism and film and all that on the side it's more of a not hobby yeah no it's just something i love to do um but it's on the side i I don't do it full time and, and i don't get paid or anything like that for it so remember i remember just watching these youtube channels um talking about films i would always uh watch collider (laughs) and and, yeah and i would always back in the day when they had movie talk and then they would come out in the mornings and i would just watch that every day and it caught my attention how they were just very um engrossed and they were so passionate about film and then eventually every day they would be talking about movies and about what was going to be coming out that week or they'd be talking about possible casting for future films or their thoughts on trailers and so on and so forth and that was just captivating and, and it caught my attention so eventually I started to go to the movie theater every weekend luckily I'm able to afford it because of my job um, it's it's not easy to be in, the, in a unless you of course you're working full time um, for it. But other than that, it's not easy <laughs> to be a reviewer or a critic. Uh, and, how much how much theaters cost? Popcorn yes. tickets? Oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not easy. Yeah, it's pretty expensive. And and of course, I'm in LA. So top that off. <laughs> I know I'm, um, I'm in New York, so I I, I understand exactly how you yeah, feel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're probably a bit more pricier than me, but we're right behind oh. you guys. Oh, don't get me started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I start going every week, every weekend, and I start catching up with, with um, newly released films. So now that I'm watching Collider Movie Talk, I am more caught on to what they're talking about, and they're doing these reviews. And I'm like, yeah, that's really interesting, and so on and so forth. So eventually, uh, one of my friends, a really a close friend of mine, uh, she gave me the idea to just give my thoughts on certain films and whether I'd recommend people to go watch them or not. She's like, you're not going to lose anything. All you're going to do is tell people if they should waste their hard-earned money on the movie or not. Was that scary for you at first? You know, just when you wanted to start writing, you know, reviews, you know, because, you know, how that of being like, oh, like, will anyone listen to me? Who who wants to hear me talk about a movie? Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. I'm still scared. (laughs) Yeah, that's that 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 it's still there um but it, it just started with instagram i just opened an instagram page and that's where i started instagram and 
slowly but surely um i just started posting the picture of the movie one or two sentences on my thoughts and it was just me talking about the movie i i didn't have any knowledge at the time about the filmmaking aspect of it or um the editing the cinematography the acting or anything like that the script it was more of a just fun i was just looking at it as a just regular um movie going um audience so eventually they told me they suggested well you should just have a page and a blog and just write your reviews and just just share them but it was difficult because my writing isn't the best i have so much insecurities when it comes to my writing first of all because it's not my primary language even as i speak it i know i have a little accent or um i have difficulties pronouncing um some words and it's frightening it's frightening to write in a language that isn't um you're the first one you're so used to and a language that you're not really um that you haven't perfected pretty much and i'm still scared every time i write a review and 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 even talk in interviews or or even when um i go guest spot in podcast asking me about movies and and reviews and such it's still frightening because I do get a little self-conscious and I know that I mispronounce certain words or that my sentences sometimes don't make sense um because I'm writing perhaps with my mind in Spanish and then trying to translate that into English it's a bit I can imagine difficult. I mean I can't yeah. imagine I can't imagine because I don't so I'm not going to pretend like I do know but just yeah. hearing just hearing you talk about it that that does sound a lot like man that that sounds so much yeah and so then how do you get the confidence though like how do you get push through even when you keep saying even to, to this day you say you get scared you get nervous but how do you yeah. push yourself through it though to say no i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it because i love doing this yeah i think my motivation of course is representing the associations i'm a member of uh in addition to my daughters my daughters are my engine pretty much um they are the reason i do everything i do and everybody asks how how do i do everything and i just go out there and do it i, I don't have a, a a secret or a formula or anything of a kind that i can give as an advice or or anything i just do it and i've come so accustomed and this is all thanks to mother to to being a mother and my motherhood <laughs> i'm able to function like on 3 to 4 hours sleep three to um, four every day oh yes oh. yes um, i don't know, I don't know so if you're human rosa i don't more know time. <laughs> it gives me more time out the day <laughs> i can do more <laughs> so then when was the moment when you realized with yourself you know you know start on instagram Mm-hmm. Are you on blog? When yeah. was when was that the day when you finally said I can do this? I can really mm-hmm. do this. When 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 did that spark happen? Yeah. Um well, it was when That's a really good question because I I until this day I still have some doubts, not as much as I did when I first started. Um but the doubt it's still there. 
I, I like to say it was the day when I was accepted to one of those memberships. It was the Online Association of Female Film Critics. It was the first association to accept me. Okay. Um, I, I, I just, I, you were so excited, I bet. Oh, yes. I cried myself to sleep that night. I was so <laughs> That's happy. So great. I was so happy. Uh, I never thought in a million years that they were they would accept me. And it was at that moment that I decided if I'm going to take this serious and I'm going to be, um, if I want to accomplish more and I want to get further within the field, I have to get an education on film because I haven't been doing this for a long time. Right. And in a sense, I guess, in my head, I didn't think it was going to be fair to go out there and put out reviews and in a way go um, be amongst such talented film critics that have been on it for years and decades and know their knowledge on their like hardcore cinephiles. I would look like a little like chihuahua next to a road rider. <laughs> and I that's when I decided, you know what, you're going to take this serious. You need to get yourself educated on this, learn film history, learn where all of this came about. And and also the filmmaking techniques of it. So now, now I'm watching films that with a whole completely different lens where I was watching it probably four or five years ago, just as a regular movie uh, going audience. And I think the movie that perhaps gave me that little push to do my website and to continue doing this was Wonder Woman <laughs> back in 2017. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, because everybody was so hyped about it. Everybody was so excited. And I didn't understand why. Uh, I didn't understand what was the, the whole hype about until I learned that Wonder Woman was the first ever female-led action, um, live-action uh, superhero movie yeah. that was directed by a woman. That gave it more of a push. And, and you were going to be watching the superhero through a female lens. Um, so the female lens and then just learning all these little uh, facts and how women <laughs> weren't really represented in film and as well as behind the camera. I was like, okay, well, I'm pretty sure this should directly reflect to film critics. And sure enough, 70% um, of film critics are white men. <laughs> so... That's true. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you know what? If you want to take this serious, we're already in school. Let's just go ahead and do this. And let's try to leave, um, like, pitch in my own two cents and, and see what we can do um, in regards to representation. At the time, it was just rep representation of women. Um, and just, just lately, just a few months ago, that's when the – Latinx aspect of it came into mind because I couldn't find any other Latina film critic out there or is, Latinos. It is, was quite difficult. It, is that why? Cause especially on social media, you yeah. are so, I say, I would say you're so proud of your culture. Oh, yeah. And uh -huh. is that the reason why you, whenever you want to speak about re representation of the Latinx community and in the film industry as a whole, is that why you're so like dead set of pushing pr the pride of your culture? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
And at the moment, I am working on my Chicano Chicana Studies um, degree, on my film and media uh, studies degree, and then I'm doing another biological um, biology degree on the side. See, like you see right there, like my Rosa, when do you sleep? Like, I don't think you even, I don't think you even have a bed in your room. Like, I think it, it just go, go, go. <laughs> I know, I just sit in the car. <laughs> I sleep in the parking lot of my job. <laughs> um, and I do it because if I want to be an, an advocate for representation, and I'm not just doing it for the fellow community, I'm also doing it for my daughters. They, I want them to know that their skin color, that their gender, it's not going to be used against them whenever they go out to the world and whenever they want to go and accomplish something. I want them to know that they can dream and dream big um, without them saying, well, I'm a girl, I can't do this. Or, oh, I'm, I'm brown, I can't do this either. Uh-uh, no. <laughs> yes, you can. Um, unfortunately, we'll probably have to work a little bit harder for it. But you can do it. So if mama can do it, you can do it. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm very proud. I'm very proud of, of being a Chicana of my background. And I'm also aware that whatever little representation we've had in film, it's been the representation of me, of the Mexican American community, of the Chicano from East LA. And unfortunately, also, it's very unfortunate that they use the term Latino or Hispanic, depending on who we're referring to. They use it as an umbrella term to describe such a rich and diverse group of people that are from the Caribbean, that are U.S. born, that are from Mexico, from Central America, from South America. And not many people understand that, not that, not, not that many people grasp that concept that when you say Latino you can mean from anywhere democra like geographically speaking and sadly it's come to the the point when you say Latino or Hispanic your first thought is a Mexican or a Mexican-American and that's also something I'm trying to um to not educate, but trying to spread awareness <laughs> because that's fair. That that's completely fair for because yeah. I I can't you know I can't lie to you that you know I, even though I have friends who are from El Salvador, Dominican, Puerto Rican, mm -hmm. and Mexican, I always say I always say you know Hispanic, you know. But right. learning from my friends, you know, and learn more about their culture, learn more about the right things to say and what not to say. That's how you learn because right. if, you don't, if you don't, how are you gonna fix yourself to be better? Exactly. Exactly. I'm speaking with Rosa Power, aka Rosa Reviews. If you're interested to learn more about her or you want to see some of her work, go on and check her website at rosareviews.net and follow her on Twitter at rosareviews. And don't forget to check out her podcast, Latinx Lens. That's Latinx Lens. Available on Spotify. I'm just telling you guys, like this conversation that we're having right now, this is so insightful. If there's anything you can take out of this about Rosa, I can just tell you right now that it's about grit. It's about determination and about just never quitting. And it's amazing 
just sitting here talking with her, I'm learning so much about her. And also I'm just inspired by her. And just going with that, just to continue on with, with what, we're, what we've just been going with about you yeah. and about your, about your culture. What do you, what do you hope as a now, as a, I'm going to call you what I see you, as I see you, as a, as a film critic, you know, for yourself <laughs> in this bubble that you're in now in this world, what do you, what do you hope that you hope to see change as a, not only as, as a female, but also as a Latinx? Yeah. Um, in film or just in? In, in film and as a whole. As a whole. Okay. As a whole, I think it's the same thing for both. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, this is all it's all about. Go ahead. Yeah. As a whole, my hope, and I know this is a really huge, <laughs> tremendous dream, is that I will no longer have these type of conversations because everybody else will be educated because everybody else will see a Latino in film or they can see a Latino in television or they can learn about Latinos in their his history books and it would be more of a norm um, which is why um, I'm a big advocate for and it's unfortunate that, that um, Robert Rodriguez uh, the director um, isn't given enough credit for what he's done for, for the community when it comes to film, because even just talking about Spy Kids, um, and I know I'm going a little bit off tangent here, but my, my point is in that film, you know those little kids in the family, yes. they're Latinos, but you don't know where from. And, and it's not really thrown at you or shoved into your face as much. It's just normal. It's who they are. And... I think that's my hope for, for films to depict our experiences as the norm. And, and we, our experiences are not as, not, um, they're, they can be universal too. Uh, a lot of other ethnicities and, and groups can identify with our own experience. And um, so, yeah, I think my, my ultimate hope is to see myself on screen either as a woman or as a Chicana or as a Latina and not for it not to be breaking news because it'll just be the norm. Exactly. And I 100% agree with you on that. Yeah. But also too, because it's also this whole thing, it's also you about you 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 wish Rosa. and yeah. dream yeah. You to go there. And I remember, you, I, I, you probably probably don't also, I remember you can on Twitter. For now, you as you're growing, as you're still in school, you you're still trying so to educate yourself happy. to be a better critic. Like, and you can also you, stop people that yourself to look in the mirror just and be like, you, they were so I've done so much for you, you know? And yeah. you, know, you started your own, you know, you, you've been on podcasts, you're part of associations. You went mm -hmm. to Sundance. Are you kidding me? You went to Sundance. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I I um can like testify that. Unfortunately, film Twitter has gotten a bad rep. Um, I've seen it. Rightfully so. But you know what? The people that I've had the, the 
the honor and and the privilege to socialize with either on social media especially on film twitter they have been so supportive and a lot of what I've been able to do I owe it to them because they, they've been just very very supportive and Sundance when I got the email I applied to Sundance not um I was not expected I was never expecting to get accepted it was just a shot in the dark applying. yeah I was just like you know what let's do this first film festival what the heck just apply for it yeah I get the email and man I will never forget it it was just mind-boggling when I got the email and then I shared it and everybody else was so happy and I just added to my excitement another uh a whole different layer but yeah my first film festival ever it was Was Sundance was it everything Uh you thought it'd be yes it was more I I couldn't have imagined anything like it and I was very fortunate it it was earlier this year which seems like decades ago um (laughs) but it was amazing it was an an unforgettable exciting and an experience that I could not have ever imagined yet I am so glad I was able to experience it because even though I was so happy to go in and watch these films and, and get um, watch these films before anybody else, um, I think what I took away from it was the networking of it and actually being able to meet some of the people that I interact with on social media on a daily basis and to actually have them in front of me and face to face and we're able to have just conversations. And, and Sundance, it's... Of course, I'm pretty sure it's the same for all film festivals, but when you go to a film festival and you have such such a passion for film and everywhere you go, wherever you walk, you just have people talking about movies. It's like you're in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best case scenario. And it's just, oh my God, I, I was... Yeah, I was like a little kid in the candy store. I, I was just loving it and just trying to absorb every moment of it. And oh, my only complaint was the weather because I'm a Cali oh. girl and it was in Utah, so it's freezing up there. Yeah. Um, I imagine. Other than that, that I, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> now, but you yeah, know, it's, it's, it's man, amazing. How do your daughters feel about this about you? Like, you, you know, just mm-hmm. be, being a film critic. Like, are they like, are, are they like, oh, mom, this is so cool. Or are they just like, oh, yeah, yeah my mom does film stuff. Eh, whatever. They're very excited. And surprisingly, well, to me, it's surprising. They're very supportive nice. um, in a sense that they understand. Like, for, for example, well, not this perhaps the worst case scenario because my little one just came and um, asked me something. But for the most part, especially my older one, and my older one, <laughs> the one I had in high school now, she's 15. Um, <laughs> she is very understanding and, and very helpful. And whenever, because I'm doing school and everything, now they're starting school too. So we'll do homework together whenever I need um, oh, to get awesome. some reading done. I like that. She'll be like, well, I'll take them to the room. Just get your stuff done. And, and they're, they're just very it's kind of hard to believe but my kids are so amazing and I know every mother says that but I I've been more than 
blessed and lucky to have such wonderful kids. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very excited about it. They they just tell everybody that. They tell everybody I make movies, um, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I just, I, just, I just review them. <laughs> Ultimately, though, I think that's, that's one of my goals <laughs> in a few years. Oh. Yeah. Rosa, the director? Oh, I ain't yes. mad at that. I ain't mad at that at all. Oh, oh yes. Look, whenever... <laughs> Whenever that, that, that gets debuted, please don't forget about me. Send me that ticket. I'll be there in the first row for you. I promise. <laughs> oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you. They'll probably be the only one there, but thank you. <laughs> I'll be the, um, and maybe the only one, but I'll be the loudest one around because I'm going to love her too. <laughs> oh, that's very kind. <laughs> I'm speaking with Rosa Reviews, a.k.a. Rosa Para, And this has been a great conversation we've been having. You know, just to know about her, her journey, where she's been, and what she's accomplished so far in her life. And it's just been a great, great talk. And Rosa, I just want to say first, I've enjoyed every bit of our conversation. This has been, and I hope you you as well has enjoyed just bragging about yourself. <laughs> That's what I do best. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I've been having a blast. Thank you. But before um, we before we bid farewell, I always love I, I always love to give my guests this spot right here. This is the shout out time. This is when we give love and thanks to the people who've lifted us up and who brought us to places where we thought we couldn't be and never gave up on us. So the floor is yours. Whoever you want to, give them love. Oh my God. Do I have a, like a limit? Cause we can be here for hours. <laughs> just, go, just, just go on board. I, I, I ain't gonna stop you. <laughs> Oh wow! Um, I think in my case, the the person I owe everything, of course, <laughs> my mother, um, who sadly passed away a few years ago. But yeah, she was my 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 everything um, in the sense that whatever idea or whatever a dream I had. She just encouraged me. And I think I am where I'm at. I'm sorry, I'm over here crying. I am where I'm at because she always believed in me. And she always said um, that if I was going to do something to always give it my all, not to halfway um, um, work halfway through or anything like that to always give a hundred a hundred percent to to everything I, I set my mind to and it's worked it's getting me somewhere and, <laughs> and I think she's perhaps the biggest one of all um, of course as I'm her only child so oh, I was very spoiled so that's why I'm so good at bragging about myself um, that's all I know so um yeah, my mother. My mother is amazing, and, and she is the reason why I am where I am. And without her, none of this is possible at all. Um, she supported me during my high school years. She took care of my kids when I needed to go out and school, work. She was always there. So, of course, my mother is always my number one. Um, and then my kids, of course. They are very supportive, even as I was just mentioning earlier. They, they give me my space, even though um, they rather sacrifice um, time with them to let me learn and grow than, um, than for them to spend time with me. And 
Oh, I know. It's um I don't know, maybe I know a lot of people might think it's it's bad parenting or something, but it's hard. It, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy being a parent. Uh, There's no manual for it. Um, that's true, 100%. Yeah, and yeah, and then I guess ultimately um, when it comes to film, um, one of the, my friend um, Xenia, she's the one that suggested for me to start my Instagram page and then a few months later suggested to have my own web page. And then from there, it just um, just continued to grow. Uh, the viewership continued to grow. And then um, a someone, <laughs> a really good friend of mine now, um, by the name of Colby, <laughs> Colby Mack, uh, he messaged me through, through one of my reviews. He, he left his comment saying that he appreciated my, my perspective and that it was rare to have uh, the perspective of a woman of color. So then he introduced me to film Twitter. And from there, it's just been growing and growing and growing. Um, Matt Neglia, uh, the, the founder of Next Best Picture uh, podcast and webpage, he was the first person ever to invite me to a podcast uh, to review a movie, which was uh, Late Night <laughs> from um, 2018. And I will always be grateful to him because he asked me to, to be a guest in his podcast, someone who had zero, zero experience um, with podcasting, with being a guest, and someone who was still building her foundation with film criticism and still learning, yet he still risked it and asked me to be on his podcast. And right now we're still good friends and he's one of my biggest supporters with Landex Lens. That's and tough. then ultimately, yeah, he was, I will always, he, he knows, I, I was very lucky uh, to have met him at Sundance, and I just thanked him in person, and I was just very grateful for everything he's done for me, and right now, my, my, the, there's two more people, Bianca, Bianca Gardner, who allowed me to be her assistant editor for In Their Own League, so In Their Own League is a a podcast and website that's dedicated to women, women representation in the film industry. So we uh, talk about female filmmakers or actresses or even cinematographers or producers, and we try to shine a light on them and, and talk about their films and, and give them the attention, attention that they so eagerly uh, deserve. And she also, she was the one that gave me a true platform. Because of that website, I was able to get into Sundance. Um, because of her website, I've been able to get into other festivals after Sundance. So to her, I also owe her so much for believing in me and um, for just giving me the opportunity. Because at, at majority of these times, a lot of these times, that's what I'm advocating for. Just give us a shot, give us an opportunity and just let us work hard. And they did that for me. What was Matt Neglia and, and Bianca? They did it. And now my co-host, Catherine Gonzalez, who is my co-host and co-founder of Latinx Lens, which came to be because <laughs> I, I, I'm taking a film 
film class right now. Uh, I mean, working on my degree at the time, I was taking a film class called Race and Gender in American Film. And week four, we were going to learn about Latinos and, and Hispanic representation contributions to the film industry, and, uh, as well as Native Americans and Asian Americans. So I'm excited uh, and I'm really eager to read my textbook and, and learn about what my community has contributed to the film industry. Um, so we have this textbook, 500 pages, Ooh. only to realize that there's only a page and a half <laughs> on Latinos and what we've done for the industry in both film and television. I'm, I'm so that's, yeah, so they, they really want to erase our history, <laughs> even in film history. Jeez Louise. Um, so that's where Latin excellence came to be. I posted out a tweet and I asked um, if anybody be interested in, interested in listening. So the, the initial plan was for me to just be blabbing about, because I'm very good at blabbing, um, <laughs> about our representation and just shine a light and give a, a, a the platform to people like Edward James Olmos, Robert Rodriguez, Rita Moreno, all these people who have paved the way to Latinos now, although unfortunately there's not many of us, um, but those who are right now, they are where they are because of people like Rita Moreno, because of people like from back in the silent era, like Dolores del Rio, Pedro Armendariz, um, who people don't have no idea who they are. And I've taken that responsibility to I, I, I know I don't have the credentials to teach people. I'm not um, a professor or any uh, kind, but I do my research and I try my best to just uh, spread the word and spread awareness of what Latinos and Hispanics have really done, what we really contribute to um, film and, and television because apparently we're not learning it in film school either so I guess we have to take uh, matters in our own hands and try to do something about it but we also review films <laughs> anyways so I'm sorry I went off tangent there so uh yes I posted that tweet and then Catherine replied saying that she's been wanting to do something like that and and that if she can join me and we can both um do the this and then I've been so overwhelmed with gratitude and I couldn't be more grateful for all the support uh, that Latinx Lens has been receiving lately. Um, we weren't expecting this much support. We were just expecting, I don't know, our, our relatives to listen to, to the podcast. We were never expecting to have such support. So I'm glad. I'm glad we're, we're trying to, to do something here and I'm glad people want it. I'm glad people are actually tuning in to learn a little bit about we've just done a few episodes i think we're going on episode nine but we've talked about Eric james solmos we've talked about robert rodriguez um uh, we just did one on rita moreno so but we also review films and i think that's another aspect we want to implement with latinx lens to give women of color a chance to review films and there aren't any other platforms out there doing it. So we had to create our own platform and <laughs> that's what we're doing. So Catherine Gonzalez, my, my, my partner in crime, she's my ride or die. And man, I owe her a lot because she, she's, she's a, a woman of many hats that she edits the podcast and, and she posts it and she has, she's more tech savvy than I am. So, <laughs> um, 
without her, I probably, Latin excellence would not be uh, anywhere near to where it is now. So, yeah, I think those are only a few of the people I can think of. I love that. That, that, that it's, it's, never, it's, it's never bad to show the people that we love that, hey, I love you even more. So that's yeah. awesome. But yeah. also, too, I just wanted to throw this at you. If you can go back in time yeah. and tell that 16-year-old Rosa, who, who, who's pregnant, who is mm-hmm. questioning what the future was going to hold for her, especially soon, too, when she's going to be a dropping out of, of high school. Yeah. What, would, what would you tell her? For everything you've done right now, what would you tell her just to keep her head up? Mm-hmm. To keep her head up. Um, I would tell her to continue um, her education. Uh, having education and knowledge is, it is true. It, it is power. And don't ever give up. Um, I wouldn't change anything <laughs> um, because thanks to everything I've experienced, um, I am where I'm at right now. But I tell her to never give up. Just continue doing what you're doing. Um, education, educate, educate, educate. Take, just learn, learn, learn as much as you can. And don't take to um, seriously. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't think I can find a word, but don't take the media and don't take film and don't take television to heart because unfortunately it's not the accurate representation of our community. And last but not least, for the people who grew up in East LA, East LA, just like you. Yes. And just in growing up and feeling that either there, there's no way out or people will only think of me as a thug, as a drug dealer, or just think I'm worthless. Mm-hmm. What would you tell them? As so much of you've done in your life, and you mm-hmm. just broke that mold telling them I'm way more than what you think I am. Yeah. What would you tell any young, any young Latinx girl, girl or boy yeah. to keep them motivated and confident in themselves? I would tell them to stay in school. I would tell them to take any extracurricular activity available. And I would tell them that I, I, if I can be an example, so be it. Um, I was also in their shoes and I was able to get out there. I was able to get out of there and now I'm, I'm very much enjoying everything I'm doing, but I would also tell them that I'm not the only one that was born and raised in East LA that's gotten out of there. Uh, Ever James Olmos is from East LA. Constance Marie is from East LA. Oscar de la Hoya is from East LA. Perhaps not the best example at the moment, but <laughs> he was able to do something in, in boxing and so many others that, that have come from East LA and have made uh, something out of their have made a career um, out of their lives so and I will also <laughs> I would put I would have them watch non-stop stand and deliver that film was perhaps the game-changing film for me to see myself on screen represented as a smart 
woman, as a smart uh, high school student, and to showcase that no matter where we come from, we can still learn calculus. No matter where we come from, we still have the capacity to pass the calculus AP exam in high school. And yeah, I would tell them to watch that and deliver at least once a week. <laughs> <laughs> once a week. <laughs> once a week. <laughs> That's where I have to film I've seen the most. Um, and it, it helped me a whole lot. So I'm pretty sure it can help more people. And you know what? That is a full-on true fact. My yeah. name is Ronald E. Smith. This is Rosa Para, a.k.a. Rosa Reviews. And y'all, I think we just got it. Thank you very much. Like, share, and subscribe. And I'll see you.